Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight, joined by producer John Roberts. Hello. And uh, conservative intellectual uh, Sue Timberlake. Oh, my God. <laughs> conservative intellectual? Someone's coming up in the world. I, I, I was going to say pseudo-intellectual, but not conservative. Well, conservative, <laughs> but not intellectual. <laughs> oh, Sue. <laughs> you are the living end. <laughs> hey, you've got a couple of advanced degrees, do you not? I guess I do. Yeah. Like a couple. Jesus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> more than I have. <laughs> Definitely more than I have. You Since know, I have degrees not. do not make do do not make you smart. Being an autodidact like genre is, someone who learns their whole life. You don't doesn't have to go to school. He just keeps learning that's you know that's the gift that's what'll put you in good stead in the world oh thanks so. Sue. yeah you're whereas welcome. you're you're saying I, you're like i believe it like most conservatives you're like right well i don't need to learn any more stuff now so <laughs> i'm good for decades to come <laughs> oh man no good no good deed goes unpunished yes. good job <laughs> i called you an, an intellectual and you're like no i don't think so and i'm like all right fine oh my god <laughs> I just but laid you know, the rake down on the on the ground. You're the one who decided to step on it. It's true. It's true. Next time, put the teeth down so when I step on it, it just digs in further. Well, then you'll just trip. <laughs> yeah, I'll just like show Bob. <laughs> but you know, lifelong learning—that is the new skill. Really, is that keep you know keep finding things to do and ways to look at it. And because I think when I was in school, it was sort of like, okay, figure this out, learn this. Okay. You're good to go. And, you know, you really have to be, um, you have to know how to think critically. And I think that's really the skill of the future. Keep learning stuff. Well, I think anyway. that's, that's the, that's always been a useful thing for humans. Uh, and uh Yeah. You know, I actually, because of, uh, you know, the coronavirus, I, I've been watching a fair amount of stuff. I actually <clears throat> um, sat down and uh, watched this box set of uh, DVDs that my brother ha had picked up for us years and years ago of a series called The World at War, which is about World War II. It's from 1974. Oh, wow. Lawrence Olivier yeah, narrating. You remember that? Yeah. I, I never saw it, but I've heard it's an incredible series. Uh, so. it, it, it is. It is really good. And it's, you know, documentary footage and all that. Right. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. I and it's the right one. It's um, what is it? Uh, uh, it's like 22 episodes, I think. Uh, no, 26 episodes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, 26 hours of of you know, talking about World War II and covering various subjects. And, you know, it is, 
it, it, it is a, a broad, superficial overview in a lot of ways because I mean, there's just so much you could talk about on any particular subject. But like, they cover, you know, it's more than just like, and then these people fought and did this thing. You know, it's like it takes time to look at like, you know, there's a whole hour on, uh, you know, the occupation of the Netherlands and and what that was like for the people in the Netherlands and, uh, you know home life in Germany and stuff like that. So, you know, Hitler's rise to power and all that stuff. So it was really, um, <clears throat> by the way, did, did it have a lot on Poland and sort of how Poland was left? Yes. You know, sort of bare. Oh yes. She's left bare by the rest of the Western civilization. Just let them be taken. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, uh, what happened to Poland was a sort of a constant through line for the whole series. So any, anyway, I don't want to, spend too much time talking about a documentary that's almost as old as I am. <laughs> My goodness. It was, it was it, you know, it was something I, I had watched as a kid and it certainly, you know, revisiting it, it was handy as much as anything to sort of see what kind of a formative effect it had on me. Because um, one thing I have noticed is for, for, for men of sort of my generation and background, you know, there's a ton of World War II documentaries that we've watched, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, you know, wonder weapons of World War II, Hitler's secret agenda, you know, like courage yeah. on the ride, the battle of the bulge, the real story, <laughs> you know, and so forth. <clears throat> and it's a lot of, yeah, it's a we lot of ready to deal with it. I think about when you came along, probably. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I, I came along in the seventies, so yeah, so people wanted to look back at it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I think sort of you know thirty years is certain enough time to sort of start to get some of that quote unquote historical distance. <clears throat> but the um, the thing that struck me is uh, that that series, The World at War, unlike so many other sort of documentaries was really trying to take this view of not of the war was cool or whatever, you know, like the war is this, you know, engrossing subject because, you know, it, it caused such dramatic changes around the world and, you know, killed 55 million people and everything. But it, it it's, it's this terrible series of events that, that people did and that happened to people and, and it's just not at all interested in in viewing it as anything other than a series of terrible events. You know, there's there's no exaltation or glorification. You know, um, it it's very clear that the Nazis are just horrifying beyond belief, and that the imperial uh, ultranationalist Japan wasn't much better. But brave words, Mike. Right, brave <laughs> words. Yeah, that was part of why it, it it appealed to me is just sort of like the remember the uh, good old days when it was just utterly uncomplicated. Like, no, the Nazis were just monstrously <laughs> evil. <laughs> but fascism yeah, has, has its own has its own um, benefits. Anyway, thinking about monsters, uh, we weren't on the air last week, but um, we've had some bad times. Uh, considering um, weapons and 
people dying and stuff, haven't we? I, I can't do a good segue into this. It's it's impossible. There were some. There were a couple mass shootings within a week of each other, highly publicized in Atlanta, Georgia, and Boulder, Colorado, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's the the thing that I was thinking about about that is we it, it's been so long since we've had a like highly publicized mass shooting, you know, like something that like went national because we've had like a hundred of them already, you know, like a mass shooting is like someone that shoots like four people at least. But uh we've we it's been so long since we've had one that if it were like for me i'm back to being like oh my god something crazy happened you know instead of like oh god something happened again you know um the because everybody was inside and because there weren't a lot of people grouped together in a lot of places then there's and there's no and schools haven't been open there haven't been any shootings like like yeah. like big splashy shootings that we all have to think about um so like when the second one happened after the after like last week when i was like oh my god you know like this one happened and who knows why that person because we don't know the motive there um that it it, it feels it, it like it's back to feeling like i did like 15 years ago like it's shocking like yeah there was a shooting what are we gonna do you know instead of there's a shooting and no one's gonna do anything you know which state was this one in yeah right yeah it was uh atlanta georgia Uh, last week and boulder colorado this week but i meant Um, that's that's becomes your attitude oh where did oh which state i state of mind i see yeah Yeah. exactly like it's just so and both of them horrifying. And yeah. so I have a question for you guys. You know, I'm a super feminist. Um, <laughs> did you stop find... couching this stuff? You can just ask. <laughs> <laughs> so so did, did you guys find it offensive that they kept talking about they didn't know what the motive of the guy was in the um, spa shootings? And yet seven of the eight people were female who got shot. Well, they, I just, I, I just they found said it that like they, they were knew. Just, like what they, 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 we know like what the guy said. Uh, right. But I'm, I'm saying that it seemed like it was kind of a mystery to the news organizations. And it's like, he was misogynist, you know, bottom line. <laughs> that's part you know, of it. Shot, shot seven women, you know, that's, that is, I'm uh, just saying that it, it seemed, it seemed like they were, unduly obtuse you know just you know sort of and the and the sheriff that talked about it and said well the guy had a really bad day it's like i just wanted to shoot the sheriff god and not the deputy deputy no i get the deputy i'm not i'm i I I had to make a music reference but shoot the the deputy um i mean the thing is with with that like there was like when it first happened then like a lot of news organizations were reporting on what like the reasoning that the actual person said like his like his reasoning for it and then there is the the fact that he shot like like six out of the eight people he shot there were um asian asian american American, and they and so there and so there's there's (laughs) the racism there's misogyny there is the um the anti-sex work 
that's coming yep. into play here. Um, yep. the, uh, the, the religious aspect as well. Um, there's, so I think a lot like in the, in the initial, I think a lot of organizations were like, we, we don't know what, what the hell to say. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, that's what it felt yeah. like to me. Like there was so much swirling around and so much that people could have said they were just kind of hamstrungs. Like, what do we say? We don't know exactly which is, which it is, or it could be everything, you know? <clears throat> Well, if you heard some of the uh, Asian Americans talk about women, Asian American women, talk about how um, people will come up to them and say, oh, you're Korean. I, you know, I was in Korea and I, I love your people. I love your country. And I remember my Yikes. girlfriend and she was and, and, you know, it just it's so dripping of the ignorance of yeah. people that it just felt like that again, you know, sort of. Um, you know, we've all been at a party where um, someone who's not used to being around black people will say something that's just really, you know, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Not not, me, not mean, but just, you know, oh, oh, uh, yeah, my, just ignorant, my son, yeah. my son is married to a black woman. You know, that's like the first thing they say to you. And it's like, yeah, oh, God. So it it felt kind of like that, that it's it's. It's just yet another Americanism, you know, which yeah, is kind of the. I mean, there's also the hypersexualization of um, Asian women, uh, yeah. like the like the the fetishization, um, just like there are that like there are there's that for for uh, black men and women for Asian women, um, interestingly not Asian men, uh, which is like a whole thing, but um, there's. There is so much going on just with that. Um, he he was a sex addict and he and he hated himself or something. So we went and he was about to go to Florida and attack like a por- like the porn industry or something, like a porn place or something like that, like a set. And <sighs> there's just so much there, and it's just. So do you know when um, we used to have George on and he would say that it's terrorism, you know, it's not one Looney Tune guy shooting black people. It's it's domestic terrorism. And, you know, I think that women feel the same way, you know, that it's not just one Looney guy that has a sex problem. It's it's a culture of misogyny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a. It's a funny story. It's like a reverse stereotype, but I just, you know, my hackles went up when I watched some of the news coverage of that as a, as a feminist, I was just like, they, people are just, it's like, they don't have the words for it. They're just un, uneducated for it. Or when you look at the, um, a lot of the news right now, uh, Kirsten, mm-hmm. uh, Gillibrand has been in the news talking about the military and sexual assault again mm-hmm. and how it's been 15 years and they've made no difference that, you know, there's clearly something wrong with how they're handling, trying to uh, eradicate it. And as she said, the generals have said for 15 years, no, we've got this under control. We're dealing with it. Yeah, and right. the, and yeah, the, sure. the stats are exactly the same. And it's, yeah. you know, it's leaving it in the line of command. It's leaving, you know, but you don't really want to have a military that doesn't have a chain of command like that. Yeah, it's a very, they're very complicated issues, but it just, you know, I get, I get tired. 
And what mm-hmm. is it? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. I think that famous line from, I forget who said it. Anyway, civil rights activist. Yeah. Um, um, so then we have the Boulder shooting. And uh, as of right now, I, I don't think we know why that person did what they did. Um, well, they did say his name and his uh, nationality. Uh, of course they of did. Of course yep. they did, because they don't. They don't usually say that explains like, everything. Yeah, a white guy from Poland. They they they'll say <laughs> uh, like he has like a a vaguely, um, like Middle Eastern for, name. Like it's not really vague, but it's, like yeah. you have a a, a even a, even a vaguely Middle Eastern name. They're like, oh, he's from there, yep. and this is why. And yep. like, yep. we don't, don't have to say it. Happened. You all get it. Wink, wink. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mike, what do you think? We've been running over you all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm just struck by the uh, the the parallels to uh, the uh, you know Nazis that I was uh, thinking about because I just rewatched this documentary from the early '70s about World <laughs> War II, and um, like I don't think it matters uh, too much what these jerks say about what they did and why they did it. You know, um, you know, like I, I'll, uh, the, the, the fellow who did the, the shooting in Atlanta, um, I, well, all right. A, I think the whole sex addiction thing is, uh, is, is nonsense. I think that's like, uh, more of the same kind of like messed up, uh, uh, American Christianity, uh, uh, you know puritanical or yeah puritanical uh 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 nonsense about human sexuality it's the same way people are like you know oh you can you know you can uh uh switch people out of being gay and you know trans people aren't really trans and all that stuff you know like there's just no real connection to actual human experience and, and, and desires and, and mentality, you know, it's, it's, it's just all about like, we have to restrict yeah repression and shove people into boxes and, and so forth. And there's also this intersection of, you know, the, 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 the classic Freudian sort of dichotomy of like the sex and the violence. So like the more you oppress the sex, the more you get the violence, you know? And it's like, you know, it's it's facile, but it, it's it's at least kind of true. Um, <laughs> and I think it certainly, you know, applies in this case. Like, I don't, I, you know, even before the, the, the news started picking it up, I was just like, oh, OK. So this guy went to, you know, a, you know, a couple of different places where you can get massages and, you know, killed several uh, uh, women of Asian ancestry. And, you know, I, I don't know anything about those establishments. Or the, the 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 people who were killed, um, and they may have been just reputable massage spots. I, I, well, I, I'm yeah. not even going to put any kind of adjective on it. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't want to, you know. And yeah. frankly, I don't see sex work as disreputable. So whatever. But you know, regardless, Good like point. I don't I don't know if they were sex workers or not. But I certainly could could imagine that he would see that, yeah, that way. So like, even if they weren't, it's still. Easily fixed. He defined in, him that way. 
Yeah. Right. It it fits into that pattern of targeting uh uh people, especially women, for being sex workers. And uh the racist component is it's just there, you know, even if he's not spouting slurs, it's nevertheless obviously there because you know, why those people and not others, you know? I mean, uh, I'm wondering yeah, like how many, so many miles. Yeah, I wonder, I'm wondering how many massage he parlors he he passed on his, his way to Atlanta. Like in he that was part of Atlanta, I mean, in that part of Atlanta, quite a few. Actually. Yeah, he he went he went right there. So the, I'm sure there were a bunch of massage parlors that that could have been whatever, and uh, they he just drove right by. He was going. He targeted that one place. It was so there. There definitely is a racial component to it. Um, and the name of the place I, would clue you to that too. So he could not even have known them yeah. as spas. Yeah. The yeah. names. The names gave it away that they were um, owned by. But folks. I think. I think in a in a broader, uh, a somewhat you know, taking a further step back. Uh, I don't know much about uh, the 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 events in Boulder. I know a bunch of people were killed and, you know, I don't know much about the person who did it and I don't know much about the victims, but um, I think even here, there's, there's a, a broader overview, um, which is that um, all of these uh, killers are, are men and they're they're fearful men like what they're afraid of can can vary and you know in in one sense doesn't matter um <clears throat> they're afraid of you know they're afraid of of gays or women or asians or whatever you know um but they're afraid and they're lashing out in their fear and because guns are easily available in the US it's easy for them to lash out in ways that are particularly deadly and that climate of fear i think is the real point it's oh, that's an interesting assessment like you know they the the they, they want they're they're afraid of they're afraid of of the rest of us getting on with our lives and being okay and doing our thing and uh and not living in the same little box that they're in and they don't, they can't handle it. And so, uh, you know, the, the, you know, they, they lash out and, and, and hurt people. And it's, it's the, the, the pattern in the culture, um, you know, part of why these keep happening is because there is supportive social discourse as it were, you know, like now isn't the time to talk about gun violence and, you know, a, a ban on gun violence doesn't work. You know, it's like, you know, we want to, you know, we we don't want to have, uh, you know, we want to put a ban on abortions. We want to put a ban on immigration. We want to put a ban on art we don't like, you know, whatever. But we certainly don't want to put a ban on guns, you know, and uh, you know, because like that's that's bad, you know, because um, bans don't work. And it's like you know the 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 ultimate point i think is uh making us live in fear of them you know it's it's 
it's it's just a transmogrification of the uh, more overtly uh, uh, racist and explicitly uh, segregationist violence of the Jim Crow era. You know, it's like instead of it's instead of it's like, oh, you're white, so you're safe. Just the black people have to live in fear. Now it's like, well, you know, like if you're going to push equality, everybody's got to live in fear now. Because I always say they, um, we don't want, we've been in charge and we don't, and we fear that's slipping away and we don't like it. Yeah. Equality, uh, it like people that are, that have more power fear equality because that power is, is taken away because it's quality. So, if you're trying to work for um, for equality, then the people in charge, they are going to push back because, of course, they're going to be afraid because they're, they'll be, lose their societal power. I see and, a con- – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just – and this is and, – and we're seeing the effects of that like on January 6th and throughout yes. the election and um, – with a like a bunch of shootings, like most of them are white guys. We don't know who what ethnicity the Boulder guy is, but um, it's 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 exhausting, and it's uh, because and and it's hard to work for equality when the people that are actually in charge are the ones that are pushing back on that equality. And I see a strong connection between. Uh, this kind of problem and uh, the uh, opposition to uh, uh, voting rights. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, the Democrats uh, in, in Congress want to expand uh, people's access to, to, to voting, you know, uh, more voting sites, uh, uh, more ways to vote, uh, fewer sort of hurdles people have to jump through. In fact, I think part of the the HR1 is like no, everybody just like you're automatically registered to vote unless you choose to opt out kind yeah. of thing. And uh in several states across the country, Republicans are pushing uh restrictions like no, no, let's have less voting, you know, fewer days of early voting and making it harder for people to go on Sundays and you know, other things yeah. that encourage participation. Be really, really afraid of these people that are going to vote. Right. Exactly. It's the same theme. Yep. It's exactly. The same theme. Exactly. And uh, and you know, and it's not just a matter of of racism. Of course, you know, uh, uh, women voting are is a big part of why Democrats win. Uh, you know, uh, Democrats uh, do better uh, with women than with men. And so uh, the sort of the gendered violence, the, the terrorizing women, it's all I, it's all connected. Like and part of what's so horrible about it is it's not connected in that there's one sort of orchestrating organization. There's not like a cabal pulling the strings to make all this happen. Um, it's it's sort of a pervasive pushback pushback against. Yeah. Yeah, against voters' rights because of fear. Yeah, it's very interesting in the the Georgia. I think there was yeah. a Georgia law that was just passed today. Or yeah, it was yesterday. it was signed with by Kemp. The, but um, no. we with should all the, uh, the Stacey Abrams did. Well, we could, 
Yeah. I'll well, you know, Stacey Abrams is uh, uh, and the others there, what they did worked. So, you know, we've got to, you know, that needs to be stopped right away. So yeah, but we basically. don't, we are at the halfway point, aren't we genre? So yes, we are. All right. So we're going to take a short break, play some PSAs, promos and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics in just a minute. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player, each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton, so come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM, Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. And uh, yeah, the uh, uh, (laughs) voting rights uh, continue to be a sadly contentious thing in the United States. I I don't know. I, I... do you think we should push for a specific constitutional amendment to make it clear that people should be able to vote and to outlaw restrictions? Well, you know, I hate it when it's clearly already the law and uh, some smart lawyer will argue that it doesn't specifically say that you can have like a brown car. And so all the lawyers will put that in the law. And then from that point forward, they'll say anybody that had a brown car before we changed the law, that's not really covered. 
So I hate it when they try and put specific things in that already are covered. I, you know, it's like a tactic. The defense attorneys mm-hmm. will say, well, it doesn't explicitly say that. And so then the legislatures will have to respond. And I think that we should have a better, like, I think the Brits do this. They have like an interpretation that's more that the mm-hmm. spirit of the law where we're very technocratic here. It's like, oh, it doesn't say that you can have a statute of limitations, you know, on this one. So we don't, or we do, you know, they, it, it's a, we're very, you know, it's a technicality. We're always using these. So, so you but, agree with the argument that uh, the Equal Rights Amendment is pointless and redundant because it doesn't say women are inferior anywhere. So, you know, women are people and humans have rights. So, you know, we don't need to specify that women have equal rights because obviously they already do. I I think that one does need to be made explicit. Forgive me, but <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. kind of like. I, I personally don't really like uh, the the like someone interpreting the spirit of the law. Like having specifics is important because the the interpretation will change depending on who's in power. So I wish they were written more open-ended so that it was clear that it covered all those things. I I know what you're saying because then it's too subjective, but it just kills me when somebody will say, well, that wasn't actually under section C. And it's like, yeah, but if you read the case law, that's that's why we have the Supreme court. They're supposed to determine if it's, if it's like, like where the, where the, the lines are. The thing is that you, you don't want just a uh, like a group of people, just like whoever is in charge saying, OK, this is legal. This isn't legal because then the next group of people will say, OK, now this is legal. it's like it's like a executive yeah. orders, you know, like yeah. you can sign all the executive orders that you want and make make the country better or whatever. But then the next president can come in and just resign them and like and then take them away, just like what's happening now. Um, well, and, and you want your legislature to do the work. I mean, that's the yeah. sad part is that our, our guys are just not doing the work. They These, de- they're deferring, which is why the executive has taken so much power, because our branches of government aren't doing their jobs. Yeah. In my opinion. In my no, opinion. I mean, the, the, so. the, the legislature, the legislative branch is not doing its job. And um, the, I mean, really, the, the thing is that uh, I was going to say is laws need to be able to stand the test of time. Like the, we, like if you write a law in 1939, then it should have the spe- the specificity that it can last until now. And then we can, if it needs to be amended, then we can amend it. You know, if it needs to be rewritten, then we can do that. But if it's just like everybody should be able to vote, all all citizens should be able to vote, then uh. Then in another place, someone could redefine what citizen means, you know, like in another place, you can say, well, you can only be a citizen if X, Y, and Z. And there's, so we need to have these, we need to be very, very sure that everyone who knows exactly what this law means or else it, it would just be chaos. 
you well, know, and citizenship this is, is explicitly defined in the Constitution when it was originally created. Well, I but, mean, I was that that's the only thing I could think of. You I, I, no, 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 but <laughs> yeah. that was the only so example many, I could think of. But so many of the Constitution's amendments, uh, especially the ones after the first 10, um, but even in the first 10, uh, are are about, you know, spelling out something that logically flows from the 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 general sort of text and the the intent of the original it's like no you actually have to try people by a jury no congress can't restrict you know freedom of religion and freedom of speech you know it's like um you know uh it it was helpful to codify like yes indeed we do mean this you know uh to make clear sort of the the sense of things, even when it wasn't something that people were likely to do. Um, you know, there haven't been, uh, have been a lot of problems with the third amendment since it was passed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there isn't a lot of like, like quartering soldiers in people's homes, but you know, it's like, no, that's, that's not kosher. Um, but you know, like the 13th amendment, it's like, no, you can't have slavery. It's like, uh, that should have been clear from the beginning, but it wasn't, you know, and, you know, yeah. people have should have due process and there shouldn't be any kind of restrictions based on, you know, people's race. You know, uh, there's all kinds of of things that were nailed down later on, in part because there were powerful forces in this country that didn't want uh, to actually live by the obvious implications uh, of our statements of principles, you know. And and it's not that these things were obscure, you know, I mean, Thomas Jefferson wrote out the, you know, all, you know, all men are created equal. And, you know, he meant, you know, we, we understand that to mean in the original sense, all humans are created equal and have these rights and, uh, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And Jefferson was aware that like, yeah, you know, like slavery doesn't really fit in with that. But on the other hand, he liked being rich and, you know, freeing his slaves would have put him in poverty. So, uh well, you know, oops, tough call, it's but aspirational, uh, but I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, do you guys remember? Um, there was a, a thing that started happening. It's really an assault on women, but it was called upskirting, where they take pictures up women's yeah. skirts on the bus uh, and all that. Yeah, I've, yeah, that's been going. I, I first came aware of that back in the '90s, I think. But yeah, yep, and and in the '90s lawyers made the argument that it wasn't illegal and they had to change the law. And I'm making the argument that that's the very thing that makes me crazy because that was clearly illegal. There were many ways you could interpret laws that would have covered that. And instead they sort of acknowledged that the law didn't specifically address this really bad behavior. And so they had to specifically change the laws and therefore anybody that had done it before the law changed. And I'm just saying that, you know, in a perfect world, anybody would know that that was illegal and that, you know, it was an invasion of privacy. And, you know, just as much as if you'd pulled up a woman's skirt and taken a picture, it was, it was exactly the same act, but it was the parochial masterclass that, that pushed back on it. I, do you know what I'm saying? That the laws actually were used in the reverse of the way. And I understand what you're saying. Once they made it illegal, all you had to do is change a technicality 
it, you know, it was, it's like, that's the difference between a technical definition and a, and the spirit of the law. So I, I just say, sometimes we, we, we pretend it's a technical issue when it's really a very common sense interpretation and depending who gets to write the laws really is who interprets them. I mean, the, the question is like, then define common sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, that like the the I mean, there you can have laws about free speech and how and we can have interpretations of the First Amendment. Yep. But though a lot of those interpretations were invented before telephones, <laughs> before the yeah. like a lot of our laws do not consider the Internet unless they were written in the 90s and after, because we didn't have an internet. We couldn't even conceive an internet in like the 1800s, you know? So there's, there's... Those things are old too. I mean, there's there are what? consistent principles sometimes that things that look like they're new are actually a retread of something that was very similar. I mean, just like the search and seizure of a cell phone, you know, that's your private data. I mean, I, I don't think that's a big stretch. I think the Supreme Court decided that yeah. recently. But there was a there's a real famous one where it used to be that when the tobacco companies were pushing back, secondhand smoke wasn't a problem and that, you know, you didn't have any right to the air sort of around your body mm-hmm. if people were smoking around you. And really, it was always known that that was a problem. But I meant I mean, really, that it was a problem with the law that if you polluted the air in your house and your smoke went into your neighbor's house, you know, you could you could be held for that. It was that the tobacco companies were so powerful that they they prevented that interpretation until there was enough public pressure. And then they started. I think it was was it Griswold. I can't remember the exact case, but where the Supreme Court finally said, you know what? You know, the stewardess on an airplane actually has a right to not breathe cigarette smoke. And then, you know, the law started to change. But I don't think it was a huge leap of understanding. I think it was a huge leap in pol- political will. And it's it's an argument about the law that the law is actually used to, to keep people in their places. You know, you were talking about fear earlier, and it's it's I'm probably not doing a good job on this explanation, but it's when the law is used in a critical way and the way you interpret it is interpreted by what the, what the majority thinks. And it's not really a really clean objective interpretation. It's subjective. It, it's, it's driven by, you know, perhaps uh, what you could detect or um, how powerful the tobacco companies are and which senators come from tobacco states. It's, it's not as, clean a whistle as people would have you think and well, i think the law it's is called messy. Um, yeah well, the, the 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 critical there's a there's a group of lawyers and i think they're called crits or something like that and i think um ruth bader ginsburg was one of them where you see that the law is actually used to contain and prevent people from getting power that it's actually it's actually a weapon of of oppression in some cases of course so Power, yeah. any power that you can that you can wield can be weld, wielded weld as a as a weapon. <laughs> like if you have power, then you can you can use that power to subjugate others. That's just 
that's yep. power. That's how that's how power works. You know, you were talking like, about Section two two thirty earlier and how Facebook might. Use yeah, before the, the show. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's it like they could. You could use any regulation, like unless it's written in a way that you can't, which some regulations are. Like Section two thirty, it would have to be rewritten to yep. to change the interpretation and in some ways that's a good thing you know the the the, the example of the um of the uh the people like taking upskirt uh pictures that's because the law wasn't specific but if you have like a range or a more yep. broad definition that is written into the law then invasion of privacy exactly like if well, you say like this is an invasion yeah. of privacy then like that is, but that's the thing like do you want people to be able to say just uh this is what the law means and nobody yeah. can say any different or well, and the, you the, know the, the upskirt people you know the those those creepy guys like they were uh you know they they were uh uh doing what they were doing because they're like no it, it is legal this is okay to do i mean we know some people will disagree and we don't want to deal with the hassle or whatever and Part of what's so we do it know, secretly. Yeah. Part of what's fun about this is doing it transgressively, but mm-hmm. in the end, you know, it's like, you know, like if they really felt it wasn't okay to do, they wouldn't do it. So here's a, they didn't think they'd be caught. You know, yeah. Right. So so changing the law so it's like no, it really is. Uh, uh, we are making it clear that this is not okay, even though it was never okay. And there were already laws in the books to deal with this, but we're going to loop it in and say like, yeah, you know, when you do this specific thing, yes, that's specifically bad too. Here's a, here's an example of when specificity is important. There's uh, when, when states are writing um, anti-abortion laws, uh, sometimes they write, they write in a way that if a woman has a miscarriage, then she goes to jail. Because they didn't write it correctly. Yep. You need like or that they, is, they did write it correctly for what they wanted to accomplish. Exactly. Like they wrote it in a way that, like to to ban a like the the act uh, like what whatever you know. But if a woman loses, um, sorry, excuse me. But if a person loses their baby, um, mm-hmm. then prematurely, prematurely, yep. or because of an accident, something that they did. Uh, even like then they could go to jail like for possibly murder, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's, there are so many laws that are written because, you know, you can say, Oh, obviously it means this, but if there's, if there's a, if there's not something that's defined correctly, then, then it's like, what, what do we, what do we do here? You know, like, it, do I want judges to have that much power to interpret the law, or do we just want to write a law specifically to to limit or to empower people to do X? You know, because that's really what the law is: it either limits or empowers. So usually limit. So do we want to limit people in this way, or do we want to empower people? And in what way specifically do we want that to happen? Because if you don't, if you're not specific, if you don't, if, if like, 
20 years or 50 years from now, people are looking at this law and they're like, I don't know what's happening because the set, the, the definition of common sense, something that's common sense right now will not be the same in 50 years. That will be another version of common sense. So I don't want to depend on a, uh, like making sure that cultural shift doesn't happen, you know? Yeah, because it does happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, common sense in the 50s is not common sense today. There's a podcast I started listening to recently called Behind the Bastards, and it's a look at... Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Some of the some of history's most terrible people and the terrible things they do. And uh, so I just started at the beginning, so uh, episode like 20 from like back in 2018 or whatever but was looking at how the Reagan administration handled or <clears throat> better yet mishandled the AIDS crisis as it emerged in the eighties. And uh, that would know, mean that they tried to handle anything at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, and, and one of the few positive steps president Reagan took was appointing C Everett Coop who, you know, Yikes. actively a hero. Yeah, he was a yeah. hero. He 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 really fought hard to. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you. I was and, thinking of someone else. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay, see, this guy's good. No, no. I really respect. No, he, yeah, I respected yep. C. Everett Coop then. I respect him more now, um, especially because I learned, like, as a, you know, an, a hard, a hardcore uh, evangelical Christian. You know, he was like, I think gay sex is immoral. I don't think people should do it. But since people do do it, but, as their yeah. as the their physician, I have to say, here are the things you need to do medically in order to not get AIDS and die, because that would yeah, be bad. Yeah, he had a lot of principles, yeah. and he took on the Reagan administration, and it was yeah, he changed yeah. the course. Of yeah, history. yeah. He, he, he took on a lot yeah. of his co-religionists, you know, who were like, yeah. what are you doing, telling people that you know, like saying people should have condoms and talking about how gay people have their <laughs> filthy, filthy gay sex? It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, it's a thing I have to do because, you know, doctor, um, we have we have an epidemic here of, of diseases killing people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And notice I didn't say pandemic. I just said epidemic. So, yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's it spread around the world. But yeah, absolutely. And. Oh God! I can't remember why I brought this up now. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm middle aged. politics, everybody. <laughs> and that's an example of COVID brain, right there. <laughs> I don't think we, that's COVID brain. Country. That's just. Mike. I think it's just I'm I'm almost fifty one, so I think that's all it is. You know, um, no, Mike, your age has nothing a... to do with that, and don't lie to the people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's, it's being being home and watching television and yeah it's we're all we all lose our train of thought so these time days. has no time has no meaning anymore it's a flat yeah, circle that's right. <laughs> what, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah what were you saying genre a moment ago mm. about the pointedness of law and and choosing you know common sense and what's common and so um yeah yeah in that in that show, uh, they actually played uh, uh, a number of clips of press conferences, and there was one journalist who was asking, "Does the Reagan administration, you know, does the president have a comment on uh, the AIDS epidemic and how that's spreading?" And you know, the the uh, press secretary was, you know, Larry Speaks was making, um, 
you know, snide comments about how like, oh, I don't have this, uh, you know, gay related disease, or, you know, and everybody's laughing and whatnot. And, you know, it's, it's clear, you know, over, you know, three, three conference press conferences over a couple of years, how, you know, nobody else in the room, either at the podium or the other journalists are taking this at all seriously. They just think it's funny. And this journalist is getting increasingly angry because he's like, look, 40,000 people are dead. Does the president not have anything to say about that? Nope. Yeah. No. (laughs) You know, and that's the 1980s. I was alive then. I was, you know, an adult. I became an adult in the 1980s. I remember this stuff. And I remember finding it shocking then as a kid, you know, in a way that like I, 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 I don't now or I find it much more so now because like as a kid, I just didn't understand the full gravity of it. But it was just like, I, I don't get it. You know, it's like whatever you think about gay people, like, you know, public health crisis is a public health crisis. What, why are we not? <laughs> doing anything about this you know what is wrong with the grown-ups by the way well, uh, that show behind uh that show behind the yeah. behind the bastards is um headed by robert evans yes. uh, a great reporter Sweet. a writer and uh he is also on another podcast called worst year ever which both of those podcasts are really great uh and you should listen to those after hours subscribe to civil politics <laughs> and other fine shows from the Planet Side podcast. Yes. Just, you know, yeah. just come throw that out there. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if somebody wants to be horrified by what happened during the Reagan years um, and the band played on is a great book. I forget Randy. Yeah. I can't think Randy of his Schultz. last name. Schultz. Yeah. Just an amazing expose of how government doesn't work, you know, oh. depending on who's in charge. Or I don't think we really need to read a book about that right now. (laughs) We're living it. It's also about uh, the great work people can do. And and, yeah, 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 it's 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 how uh, how easy New York and San Francisco and yeah, yeah, it's how easy it is to fail people when, you know, you don't actually want to help them. Which mm, yeah. you know is is the the subtext of the Reagan presidency, really. <laughs> well, and it, it's horrifying. Yeah. So you know, sometimes we think that you know whatever just happened is the worst thing that ever happened. But the, you know, the, there was it. History rhymes. It's not the same, but it rhymes. I forget that saying. Yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. History doesn't you know, repeat itself, but it, but it rhymes. I don't remember who said that, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really it's sort of an eye opener. Because sometimes you can't quite believe what happens and then you go, oh, wait, I've seen this picture before. You know, this is this is really bad behavior. And well, it's fear. Yeah. Fear based. That- people were afraid of gay people. You know, it's it's, you know, all those things you talked about earlier, Mike. It's really, well, you know, sort of the that that's why a documentary about World War Two from the 70s can still have some applicability to our situation today. Oh so, my yeah. God, full circle. Nice, yeah. nice callback, Mike. <laughs> wow, well, I'm, I'm I'm proud I'm, of you. <laughs> I'm a pro. Uh, and speaking of elegantly done, I see you're we're fading in the music here, genre. So thanks for the what? little prompt here. Jason, I thought I, thought I, I caused that callback. All right, no credit for me. Okay. <laughs> well. As a, you know, country club white dude, I'm, of course, going to take credit for everything on this show. <laughs> cool, Mike. I'll send you all the audio files so you can edit this I'm, all together. I'm, I'm not going to do all the work. No, I'm just taking all the credit. I'm, I'm true to my ethnic heritage. <laughs> yep. Oh, my you know, God. I hate everything. Send- 
And on that perfect note that we just reenact and make everybody believe just what they think about us. So, yeah, it's true. Jesus Christ. Take us home, Mike. Yeah. I gotta say, there are moments where I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm amazed that our fans don't write and just say, God, would you all just be quiet, please? <laughs> just an hour of silence. <laughs> You're exhausting. <laughs> it would be a podcast by Glass. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we do need to wrap it up here for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, gentlemen, for doing the show with me again this week. Uh, I don't have the vaccine yet, but I hope and I, I hope our listeners get it soon, too. And uh, yeah, we've got subculture coming up next at 8 o'clock, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and then OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we'll be uh, putting a podcast version of this out over the the wires and when i say we i mean genre we'll be doing this uh, probably about early on monday morning and uh yeah we have a repeat broadcast mondays at 4 p.m in the afternoon so uh, listen to us again or hello if you already are <laughs> and that'll do it so uh thanks for listening to civil politics tonight here on valley free radio we'll be back next week good night civil politics is a member of the planetside podcast network to learn more go to planetsidepodcasts.com The political climate of today's world is extremely polarized, and nuanced conversations are dead. And I shouldn't have to say this, the bi-weekly chaotic good podcast, well, all of those things are still true. Co-host Nicole and Janra do their very best to hold honest conversations about everything political, from art to policy, finance, and electoral strategy, with humor and humility, from a couple of opinionated leftists dead set on creating a better world and fighting misinformation wherever and from whoever it crops up from. Search for I Shouldn't Have to Say This on your favorite podcast listening app, or you can visit saythiscast.com. I Shouldn't Have to Say This is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network.